Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. You're welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our study. It's such a delight and a honor to be able to share God's word. And so today we're going to continue our study. We started the study um, two weeks ago, I believe. Yes, on Jonah. Um, the study is titled Experiencing God's Mercy. And we're using Jonah as the prototype. I know, I know, I know. When it comes to the book of Jonah, most times all we just think is the fish, the fish, the fish. Interestingly, the fish is only mentioned four times in that small book of over 48 verses. Um, God is mentioned 37 times and Jonah himself is mentioned about 18, 17 or 18 times. So yes, 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 18 times. God's mentioned 37 times. The small book, it's a, a book with four chapters and um, there's so much treasure in the book of Jonah. And I'm just going to do a quick recap of what we have learned so far in part one. We're looking at the mercy of God. We looked at what do we mean by God's mercy, as in what does mercy, how does that differentiate from grace? We looked at why we need God's mercy, the benefits of his mercy. We looked at what are the characteristics of God's mercy. We also looked at why does God show mercy? One of the things we said that God glories in mercy. He's the father of mercies. He the Lights in mercies. Hallelujah. We also looked at um, the mercy of God, how we can receive the mercy of God. We said we can ask for the mercy of God. We can believe for the mercy of God. And we said that the mercy of God can come to us in different forms. We said one of the ways the mercy of God can come to us is the word of God coming to us. We said that the people that we love, we usually speak to them. And we said God has shown us love and mercy when he brings his word to us. And, and then we began to look the next we, we looked the second part, we looked at the word of God coming to Jonah. We said that when we see Jonah appearing in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, that's not the first time that Jonah is actually mentioned in the Bible. We see him sometime in 2 Kings, I believe, chapter 18, verse 25, I believe. Or was that? Yeah. Chapter 18, verse 25, let me, chapter 14, verse 25, we see there that Jonah was someone who prophesied and the word that he prophesied came to pass. We saw that the word of God coming to Jonah, we're not told exactly how it did come, but the word of God came and the word of God can come to us in different forms. God's word can come to us as a song. God's word can come to us as a verse in the Bible. God's word can come to us in different forms and we should be ready to receive the word of God. We said the word of God in the Old Testament, there's several times when the word of God came to people. Sometimes the word of God came as a dream, as a vision, as we see in Abraham. We saw that in Abraham, Genesis chapter 15, verse 4. We look at the various ways the word of the Lord came. We look at the word of God. We said that that phrase itself appears about 200 times in the Bible and all through scriptures. We see that God's word appears to people. It's a sure word of prophecy. And we said that God still speaks to us. He speaks to us. If we ever want to hear God speak, we should unto our Bibles and open our Bibles and that there is power in the word of God and that when the word of God comes, the word of God is active. The word of God comes usually with a command. Sometimes it calls us from complacency to, you know, a place where we're going to be doing something. It calls us from, from, you know, not being non-challenged, you know, to being committed over things. And we say that the word of God coming to us is a result of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. You know, our team throughout this study is experiencing God's mercy. As we look at the book of Jonah, look at the life of Jonah. We said that the life of Jonah is a life. There are things 
things in life of Jonah that we need to emulate. So let's not just cast Jonah down and say, oh, Jonah, no, 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 no. Whenever we're doing a study about someone's life, we want to look at the good and we want to look at the bad. The good to emulate and then the bad to make sure we're not making the same mistakes. And we, we last week when we stopped, we were talking about the word of the Lord that came to Jonah, that that word was specific. That word had specificity on it. So sometimes God's word comes specifically. God's word comes and just says, says go to Nineveh. So there was, a, there was a direction, there was a place. I would say that sometimes we don't even do God's word because we're looking for something spooky and speaky and mysterious. But that the word of God, the ones that we have that are plain in God's word, let's obey the obvious and then we can talk about later the mysterious hallelujah obeying the obvious because the word of god came to jonah directly and god's word to jonah was go we say god's word to us go might mean that we might need to look around ourselves and see what are the things we are doing you know what are the things we are not doing and we say that god's word sometimes is not just a go sometimes god's word is a wait and that sometimes might be a bit more challenging than go because sometimes we just want to be busy want to be doing things but god might be asking us to wait and so today we're going to continue this study on experiencing God's mercy by looking at the life of Jonah. So let's start our Bibles again to the book of Jonah. We are still in chapter one and guess what we are in verse two. I'm just going to turn my Bible myself. Uh, let's go there. So Jonah chapter one, verse two, it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for his wickedness has come up to me. We've talked about how wicked the city of Nineveh is. Their kind of cruelty was barbaric. And we said that Jonah didn't want to go there. That was not someone. Jonah, I mean, Jonah was like, no, 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 please, please, please. And before we condemn Jonah, let's remember that sometimes, even in our hearts, there are some people with you do not deserve the mercy of God. All of those people who ran their planes into the Twin Towers several years ago and killed several people. And they, what do you, do they deserve the mercy of God? What about those people who burn people? What about those people who just sacrifice human heads? You know, what about all those people? Are they there for the mercy? Are they are they deserving of the mercy of God? Guess what? In part one, one of the things we said is that God's mercy is to all. Hallelujah. God's mercy, one of the characteristics of God's mercy is that his mercy is to all. Another characteristic we said is that he also shows mercy to those that love him. Another characteristic we said is that his mercies are new every morning. There's a manufacture of the mercies of God. And that God delights in mercy. So we should always go to him. There's nothing that is beyond the mercy of God. Glory to God in the highest. Yes, child of God, I just need to repeat that. There is nothing that is beyond the mercy of God. There's nothing we have done or we can do that that is beyond the mercy of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he delights to show mercy. I mean, if there's something that is your delight, it's something that even if you wake up in the morning, you want to do it. And God's delight in showing mercy is so great that every day, the Bible tells us in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23, there is a manufacture of the mercies of God. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. So yes, let's look at this command. So yes, Jonah was not interested. I mean, I said, what? These people, they don't need the mercy of God. No, 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 they should be punished. They should burn in hell. And sometimes we do have that attitude. 
and let's see what happens. So Jonah has received the word of God. There's no ambiguity here. There's no, oh God, I'm waiting to hear from you. Oh God, can you speak, speak? If you speak, I will answer. If you speak, I will answer. And there's sometimes we say all of that, you know, go be all of that story as in God. If you could just speak in this situation, I will answer. But God has already spoken. What God has said to us is clear in his word. But we're looking for something. And sometimes when we're looking for something else, when we're looking for something spooky, we're looking for something mysterious, something, you know, that goes with several speaking of tongues, blah, 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 before the word comes. Meanwhile, what God has asked us to do is plain is there in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's see what is Jonah's response to the word of God. Because when the word of God comes, guess what? It's something that we need to respond to. Respond to. So the Bible says, let, let's look at it. But Jonah ran away to Tashi. This is the Amplified, to escape from the presence of the Lord. And his duty as his prophet, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tashi, the most remote of the Phoenix trading city. So he paid the fare and went down into the ship to go with them to Tashish, away from the presence of the Lord. Uh, I think I'm going to read it in the King James because in, in the King James, there's a way the King James um, puts it that we sort of like get it quickly. Uh, the King James says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tashish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tashish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them into Tashish from the presence of the Lord. So we see here that the purpose of Jonah getting up and going to touch is, is that he's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. The Amplified Version puts a bit more light in because he tells us that he wanted to go away from his duty as a prophet. A child of God, I wonder if you have relocated to away from somewhere so as not to do your duty, the things that God has called you to do. And sometimes I tell you, child of God, it might not just be a fiscal relocation, it might be an emotional relocation. Glory to God in the highest. Sometimes we, we have an emotional relocation. We have a relocation that moves us, you know, there are things that move us. We move from a place of where God has asked us to do some things. We, we emotionally relocate and, and sit down in Tashish and not do the things God has asked us to do because guess what? We have our reasons. Guess what? We say God has not answered our prayers. So we check out emotionally. We, we travel. We travel on the sea of ingratitude. Glory to God at the highest. I tell you, I didn't have this in my notes, but it's just coming out. We travel on the sea of ingratitude. We pay the fare and, you know, we count many things that God has not done and we go to Tashish because that's what we see Jonah doing. He doesn't want to do what God has asked him to do. And Bible says he got up to flee from the presence of God. But that is indeed self is foolish because none of us can flee from the presence of God. I mean, that was something the psalmist understood so much. He said, he said, where can I hide from your presence? That's what the psalmist said. He said Listen, if I go to the deepest place, if we look at Psalm 139, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I go to the sky, you are there. Where can I hide from the presence? It's interesting that the sun is here. It's interesting here that the psalmist is saying, where can I hide from your presence? If we look at Psalm 84, uh, verse 1, we see here that it's one of the songs there that the, the choir master there is saying, oh God, I long for your presence. And then we see a prophet saying, mm, I don't want the presence of God. And sometimes, child of God, it's not just the presence of God. Sometimes we're fleeing away from the presence of brethren. We don't want them around us because the thing that we are doing is something we know that, you know, we know already that it's not great, but we know that when brethren come, they are going to be like, no, that's 
that's not right. They're going to chastise us. God's going to use them to chastise us. They're going to allow us to do those things. I mean, they're not going to force us, but they're going to say to our face, no, this is not right. And sometimes we flee away from the presence. Sometimes we move away from church to church because we want to do certain things that we know that the word does not support. Why are we getting up from one place and going to another place? What is the aim of our relocation in the spirit? What is the aim of our moving our church from church A to church B in the same time? Why are we doing that? Is that what God has instructed us to do? Or are we moving as a result of malice? Are we moving as a result of, oh, I cannot be bothered? Are we moving as a result of, I don't want to do the things that God is asking me to do in this place? The Bible says that Joseph, Jonah, not Joseph, got up to flee from the presence of the Lord. And guess where he has gone to Tashis? Tashis is about 2,400 miles away. This is like the farthest place he can go in the opposite direction. You know, um, it was one of those cities that where, and in modern day, we we'll say that Tashis was in, um, is in Spain. I was trying to look for what Tashis means. And I saw two different things. I'm not sure which of it is correct. One said it was yellow jasper. And another um, translation, another commentary I've said that Tashis means destruction. And, and uh, man, if it means destruction, that is really, really great. So he goes in the opposite direction. I thought of God, I wonder sometimes, you know, that our desires point us away, pull us away from the desires of God. That's why the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit, you know, they are always fighting. Paul said, oh, what a wretched man I am. You know, the good I long to do, I find myself not doing it you know the bad i want to do i find myself doing it so who can deliver me and that was paul giving his experience as an everyday believer and child of god i tell you that the struggle is real it only takes us to submit to the will of the spirit to submit to what the spirit is here i mean recently something happened to myself and someone and um, i did reply to the person and after some time i looked at the reply and i wanted somebody else to read the reply i know when i start feeling like i want somebody else to check what i have written it tells me that perhaps what you've written is great but it could be better and so i sat down and i rewrote my reply to a particular message i know i started thinking to myself oh why do i need to send this reply that is so nice and so polite and as well just tell the person the other thing i'm like oh that's the flesh speaking that's what the flesh would love to do the flesh would love to say what how could you speak to me like that but no 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 the child of god god is calling us to a place of christ likeness god is calling us to a place where our heart begins to beat like his heart because i tell you when god was saying to jonah come go to nineveh it wasn't a matter of just a physical coming and going to Nineveh. No, God was saying, Jonah, come and receive my heart for the people of Nineveh. Glory to God in the highest. God was saying, Jonah, come and feel the thing that I feel for the people of Nineveh. Because child of God, when God is asking us to do things, I tell you that it's beyond just those physical doing things. It is It is a place where God is calling us to his heart. It's a place where we need to begin to say, God, give me your heart concerning this matter. Let me begin to feel your burden concerning this thing that you're asking me to do. Because I tell you, child of God, that when we feel that burden, when we feel, when we feel what God is feeling, you know, when we begin to work in synchrony, what God is saying, I tell you, it will go a long way. It is the thing that will keep us when the excitement of the new thing has stopped. It is what will keep us going because right there we have caught the passion. Right there we have caught God's mind concerning the particular matter. Bible says here that Jonah got up and he ran away. <laughs> And he headed for somewhere else. And I want a child of God listening to me today. Where have we gone to emotionally? 
where have we relocated to emotionally? See, it's, it's, I'm not talking about a physical relocation because we could be right where we are, but we have relocated emotionally. Spiritual relocation. We have moved ourselves. Emotionally, we are bitter at God. We think that God has failed us. We think that God has disappointed us. We think that what is God doing concerning what I've been asking since? If he can just have mercy. Look at him showing mercy to several people. Why does he have a problem with showing me mercy? Child of God, and that's what we see here. Because sometimes it's not just a matter of, oh God, I don't want you to show someone else mercy. Sometimes our struggle will be, we think that God is not showing us mercy. But I tell you, child of God, it is the mercy of God to receive his word. It's the mercy of God to be born again. The Bible says that he saved us by his mercy. Glory to God in the highest. I love that verse in the book of Ephesians, that by his mercy, he saved us. Let's turn there, let's turn there, just in case we're beginning to forget. You know, because sometimes we're beginning to measure our life with the things that happen to us, forgetting that God's mercy is greater than that. The Bible says here, he saved us because, not because of us, uh, as in righteous words, but according to his own mercy, through the washing and the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. It makes us understand. In First Peter also, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So it's the mercy of God. Let's not join our mercy. Let's not have our mercy. Let's not think that the mercy of God, you know, we're experiencing God's mercy based on certain miracles or what. No, 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 no. The miracle of salvation is the greatest experience of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. The fact that we are now his children, the fact that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, it's an expression of the mercy of God. And that's what God was about when he was saying to Jonah, Jonah, come and go to Nineveh. It was God's heart for the people of, of, of Nineveh to receive mercy, for there to be a change about in their lives. And Jonah was not interested. The Bible says that he got up and he bought the fair to flee away to God's from God's presence. And that was quite that was a mission that was impossible. The Bible says, and then he went down to Joppa. And guess what the Bible says? The Bible says that he found a sheep bound for that part, you know, and after paying the fare, he went about and you know, went down to the down of the ship, uh, to the bottom of the ship. Let's let's open that verse because I'm looking at it from my notes. I'm not seeing it well. So let's open that notes and see what it says. Um in the ESP version. It says, But Jonah got up to run away, to run away from the Lord by going to Tashis, you know. So and they said that's probably Tarsus in southwest Spain, the opposite direction from anywhere. He went into the city of Joppa, where he found a ship that was going to the city of Tarshish. Jonah paid for the trip and went aboard, planning to go to Tarshish to run away from the Lord. So he had plans. That's what he went. He went to he went to the city of Joppa. You know, he quickly found himself somewhere else. Relocating quickly. From the presence of God, he found a sheep. And it's interesting, child of God, that Jonah found a sheep. And he had a wife. I think that's something to say. That Jonah had a wife for what he's doing. And sometimes, child of God, we need to find out, what is my wife? Why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Why exactly am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I doing those things that I'm doing? Because Jonah had a wife. Because he had a wife, he was able to go for that. He didn't want to go to Nineveh and certainly didn't want to go and preach to those people. He, he, didn't, he, he didn't want to go and preach to those people. The Bible says that he went to Joppa. So you see, child of God, he took his time. He went to Joppa. And then the Bible tells us that he found a ship. 
And I want to dwell on that a bit because sometimes an open door and, and a door being open does not necessarily mean that this is what God wants us to do or oh, applied for this and I was given and that means that's good. No, 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 no. We should go beyond that because the Bible tells us that there are several times. I mean, there was a time that Isaac received his, his visa. He had his visa to go to Egypt and God came to him and said, do not go. There was a time Abraham, after going to the battle, you know, to rescue Lord, guess what? The people came and they wanted to give him something. I'm Abraham said, no, 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 no. I will not take from you people anything. You know, he refused. That's um, that's where Abraham went to rescue his, his nephew, Lord. He refused to take. So just because a door is open does not necessarily mean that it's God. Yes, child of God, does not necessarily mean that it's God. An open door by itself is not an indication or a sign that God is in it. I mean, there are open doors for Judas. There was an open door for him. He went there. The people said, oh, come, come and betray Jesus. That was an open door. A financial breakthrough for him. He got how many pieces of silver? Was it 30 or 20 pieces of silver he got? Well, that would have looked like a financial breakthrough. But was that really a breakthrough? Was that really from God? Was that something God wanted him to do? No, 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 no. So he found the sheep. You know, if you look at, we, we are several places in the Bible that tells us that not every open door is from God. I mean, look at the plan between um, our father Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. I mean, Hagar came. Guess what? The plan worked. She became pregnant. Was that what God wanted? No. Several years later, we're still suffering from them. You know, what? Well, like I said, Judas who betrayed Jesus. The circumstances working is not always an indication that this is what God wants us to do. I mean, especially in Jonah's case, it was clearly, clearly, clearly a satanic open door because God's word for him, God's desire for him at that particular time was to be somewhere, somewhere in Nineveh preaching and doing his word. But guess what? He went to Tashis. And there, there are several things here for me, for me, as I began to study this, that perhaps you have not seen. The Bible says that after paying the fare, and I tell you that Jonah must have been a prophet, must have been someone of of some means, you know, he, he must have had some savings because going to that place already, I, I was reading and it says that Jonah must have been of considerable means for him to be able to pay the fare to Joppa because it was a port city in the Mediterranean and for the long voyage to Tashis, that was going to take like a year. Can you imagine that that voyage was going to take like a year? Imagine if you had to get on a ship that is going to be on the ship for a year. That's going to be a lot of money. That's going to be a lot to pay because on the ship, you're going to be fed. You're going to, you know, I, I can just imagine, you know, going on a cruise. Most times we won't go on a cruise, maybe a three days cruise, a seven days cruise. Imagine if you're on a cruise for, for a whole year. Imagine if you get on a ship for a whole year. And Jonah had the money to pay. A child of God, it makes me to begin to wonder, do we have some savings? Do we have some things to meet some emergency needs that could come? Or do we spend everything we have? Because when we look at the life of Jonah here, I get to tell myself, wow, what if I'm called to do something and I need to bring a certain amount of money? What would I do? Will I be at a loss? Do I spend everything I earn? Or do I take out time to save some things so that I could meet some needs if they come unexpectedly? Bible also says that he paid the fare. So he was responsible. He didn't go there and say, I'm the prophet. And so because I'm a prophet, I should be allowed to do. No, 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 no. Child of God. The Bible makes us understand, you know, in between Joe, um, Jesus and, and Peter. Yes, I remember. Remember when Jesus, Peter came to meet Jesus and like, oh, we don't have anything. They want us to pay taxes. Guess what? Did Jesus say, okay, what do they mean? Me, the son of God here. They want me to pay taxes. No. Jesus said to Peter in um, the New Testament, he told him, he said, go on go to the sea you know catch a fish the first fish you catch open it you see a coin and you pay 
by taxes and your taxes. That's being responsible. Child of God, if you're living in the Western world, how are you doing with your taxes? Are you evading them? What exactly are you doing? Are you being an example? Are you being a responsible citizen? Or are you getting on the bus and not paying and coming down before the conductor gets to where you are, depending on where you live? Or, you know, get to the train and then when the conductor is coming, you quickly go to the toilet, come back, or just trying two people trying to use one train ticket. That was not what Jonah did. The Bible says that Jonah paid the fare, and that's what emulating. He paid the fare for where he wanted to go. He took responsibility for his decisions. He counted the cost. This is going to cost a lot, but he decided to go. And, and that's something for us to emulate. The Bible says that he paid the fare. Jonah paid the fare. And I tell you that when we're going about doing things that we ought not to be doing, we're going to pay the fare. Someone says you pay the fare for disobedience and it's a terrible fare. It was a fare that cost him a lot as we continue to look at this story. When we look at this story for that one, we will see that it cost him a lot. And the Bible also tells us here yeah, concerning this fare, that he got into the ship and then after getting into the ship, guess what? The Bible says he went down, he went down, he went down. And I like one commentary that said that the, just, just Jonah's descent continued. You know, as soon as he decided I'm not going to obey God, he just continued going down and down and down. He went down to, to Joppa, he went down to Tashis, going down to Tashis. Even when he got into the ship, he went down to the lower deck. I'm getting ahead of myself and he began to sleep there. Jonah experiencing the mercy of God. We have run out of time today. I'm just going to quickly summarize what we have done here in parts. Um, where are we today? Well, just summarize what we've done here in Jonah part three. We've looked at Jonah. We've looked at the fact, we summarized what we did in past two weeks, and then we began to look at the fact that um, this Jonah was traceable. He was from a family. And then we, we started looking at Jonah getting up, not doing what God wanted him to do and saying that sometimes it might not just be a physical relocation. Sometimes emotionally we may have relocated so as not to do what God wants us to do. We, we try to distance ourselves from, you know, having any emotions or having anything when it comes to what God has asked us to do. And we said that we need to obey the obvious before we start looking for the extraordinary or the mysterious. We've said also that Jonah went as far away, you know, from what he was supposed to do in the opposite direction. I said that sometimes we'll have a struggle between doing what the spirit wants or what the flesh wants, but it depends on what we give credit to, what we feed on. That is what is going to rule at the end of the day. As long as we remain in this flesh, there's always going to be a struggle between what the spirit wants and what the flesh wants. We also learned today that although Jonah was a prophet, he paid his wages. He had savings enough, I believe, whatever, to, to be able to pay the wages. And even if he didn't have savings, he must have been credit worthy to have been able to get the money to go on that long voyage that cost over a year. But that was Jonah, as it were, experiencing the mercy of God. They said that Jonah ran away, you know, heading in the opposite direction to flee from the presence of God. They said we can never flee from the presence of God. Rather, we should find ourselves, you know, longing for God's presence. And that even fleeing from the presence of God sometimes might even be relocating from another, from a church, because we don't want to be in a place where we are reminded that we're not doing what God wants us to do. So, child of God, this is where we are ending our study today about experiencing God's mercy. And I tell you, that was God's mercy, Jonah experienced. 
recipient, for him to be able to get up, for him to be able to go have the provision to buy the, to buy the ticket, going away, disobeying God and not being instantly dealt with. Because there's some people in the Bible who, who disobeyed God and immediately they got killed. Immediately they faced the consequences of their disobedience. But we see uh, Jonah. Jonah is experiencing the mercy of God. And we said, why is he experiencing the mercy of God? Because God delights in mercy. It is God's desire to show us mercy at all times. And we're going to come back to continue this study of the word of God and Jonah experiencing God's mercy. And finally, one of the things we've said today is not all open doors are from God. Sometimes there are some satanic open doors. Let's not take our circumstances. You know, the fact that the things worked meant that that was what God wanted us to do. No, 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 no. We should judge things by the word of God. And the word of God was already clear, you know. So that open door wasn't the right open door. That was a satanic open door. The fact that he got there and pam, the train hadn't left. He could jump into the, into the, into the, into the boat was not a, a, was not divine providence. No, it was satanic providence. Father, we thank you for your word again today. God, we pray that as many as are listening, Father, and as many that would listen, Lord, Father, that every door that you have not opened, Lord, we ask that there be a shutting in the name of Jesus. Father, we shut every door in the spirit, every door in the physical that you have not opened. We ask, oh God, and we say, we make a commitment that we'll walk through the doors that you alone have opened, Father. Father, we say, oh God, that in every place where we have relocated emotionally away, Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, we bring ourselves back. We refuse to flee from your presence. We can't even hide from your presence. We thank you because you are a God of mercy. We ask, oh God, for your mercy for every place where we have departed from the things that you have told us to do. We receive grace again this day to obey. We receive strength again this day to obey. We receive the grace and the strength to obey you, Father. We choose to be partakers of your mercy. Your mercy, oh God, is not for us to be ignorant. Your mercy is for us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices that will be holy and acceptable unto you. Let your mercy continue to prevail over our lives and help us as we continue in this study to hear what you are saying to us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.